1: Hi, guys. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. Holy cow, is it late at night. It's election day, or it was election day before the clock struck midnight. We are fresh off the DeSantis victory party. I just changed out of my cocktail dress attire and into my professional blazer so we can analyze exactly what happened here in the great free state of Florida, which, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible what happened in this state today because of you and what happened all over the country on this very, I think, I say this every election season and I mean it. This is one of the most important elections of our lifetime, but all elections are because they all determine the course of our country. But this is a real referendum on what the left has done to us the last two years. So I wanted, I wanted to sit down here, even though it's so, so late, it's the middle of the night. I wanted to sit down here and talk with you while, you know, the passion is fresh, the emotion is fresh, the analysis is fresh. And we'll, of course, as uh as the results are not fully in, thanks to, you know, Pennsylvania, maybe thanks to Arizona, over the next couple of days, I will be there. We will be there together talking about. Exactly what's happening, and maybe some of the shady things that are also happening in a couple of these states. But tonight, what I want to talk to you about, or today, what I want to talk to you about, is um, was this a red wave? Was this the tsunami, the red tsunami that we were expecting? And what does it mean going forward? Donald Trump is going after DeSantis now, apparently, in the in the wake of DeSantis' just monumental victory. And I, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about DeSantis's historic. Uh, victory because what he accomplished is truly incredible, notwithstanding, notwithstanding Trump picking on him. What DeSantis has done is incredible for a couple of reasons, which we're going to break down. Um, We were, I just came back from the DeSantis victory party. This man, let me tell you, the speech that he gave, you probably heard it on airing on every cable news channel. If you haven't, go watch it. It was electric. He really is born to fight. I know that sounds really cliche. But it was so great to see everyone who was at that party too. I saw Dave Rubin. They, they call themselves the South Florida crew. These people who, uh, or these conservatives who lived, Dave lived in California and then he left California during COVID, moved to Miami. Carol Markowitz did the same thing up in New York. Her family was in New York. She's New York born and raised and then um, moved to Florida because of the COVID lockdowns and how it impacted her children at school. Lisa Booth was there co-hosting the party. It was so great to see the South Florida crew and everyone was so excited, had worked so hard um, to help DeSantis achieve this victory. So I'm going to tell you all about it. Let's get to it. All right, guys, thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future of our country because inflation is at its highest level, the highest level it's been in 40 years, my lifetime. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of J.P. Morgan, not only predicted the recession that we are in, thanks to Democrats, but used terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you're like me, that's kind of unsettling when it comes to the future of yourself and your family. If you want to protect your future, I suggest you do what I did, call the only precious metal dealers that I trust American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and your retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered direct to your door or inside your 401k or IRA. They're the highest rated firm in the business with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. That's a pretty good deal. So don't wait, call them right now. The phone number is 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499. Or if you prefer text messaging, you can text my name, Liz, to 65532. Again, that's 866-781-7499 or text Liz to 65532.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: The DeSantis Victory Party, it was in Tampa, Florida, which was a great place to host it. The Tampa Convention Center is not your typical conference center that's sort of boring, neutral, vanilla, just big old empty rooms with chairs and projectors. The Tampa the Tampa Convention Center is really cool. It's on the water. It looks like an event center. It's a, its probably a great place for weddings. It has this majest, these majestic stairways next to the elevator. It, it overlooks the water. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it was packed. Let me tell you, it was packed. There were two or three different sections of where people were gathering. There was the main ballroom where the media stage was. There were so many uh, media persons from all over the country there. It was the main stage where DeSantis ended up speaking. They had big projectors. That room was crammed to the bursting. I was actually on Dave Rubin's live stream the minute that the race was called for DeSantis. It was deafening in that room deafening dave was trying to talk to me to ask me for my immediate reaction and i couldn't hear a thing it was just, and we were two inches from each other just buzzing in my ear the energy was electric outside of that main ballroom there was it wasn't exactly a hallway because it was a gathering space but it was a gathering space in between ballrooms, so sort of sort of a glorified hallway there were tons of tv monitors out there and chairs people were gathered all around there were lines to get into this place then they had the whole vip event which was behind the black curtain there were several rooms of VIPs who were campaign workers and donors and friends of the campaign. And it was, there were so many people there, so many people. I feel like I, as an extrovert's extrovert, really thrive in those kind of social situations where there's a million people to talk to, a million people to catch up with. And even I couldn't make it through the entire crowd. That's how many people there were. So it was quite something to be there. Um, it was... It was, I, don't, I, I keep using the word electric because that's the only way that I can describe it. People were so excited and excited for the right reason, not just because their candidate had won the race, but because of the reasons that he won. That's what makes DeSantis a little bit different, I think, is he's not being elevated onto some pedestal as a savior politician. It's the issues that he's taking a stand on that are his political identity. That's actually how it should be. And that's really, really exciting. It's also, by the way, what's causing the Democrats to melt down. Um, This is the funniest thing. The New York Times published this tonight. I'm gonna bring this up and read it. Uh, (laughs) The New York Times tweeted this. Elections and anxiety often go hand in hand. Here are some evidence-based strategies that can help you cope. (laughs) Then they posted this. They posted a graphic that said, five ways to soothe your election stress. Try five finger breathing, the New York Times writes. Trace the outside of your hand with your pointer finger. When you trace up, breathe in. When you trace down, breathe out. Yeah, that cures your anxiety because it's so complicated. You don't even, you have to focus so hard on doing it correctly that you forget what you're anxious about. Cool down, they write. Plunge your face into a bowl of ice water for 15 to 30 seconds. Okay, that cannot be real. Move, even a walk around the block can offer some relief for an uneasy mind. Breathe like a baby. Focus on expanding your belly as you breathe, which can send more oxygen to the brain. Here's where I think the New York Times made a mistake. I think that they should have asked people for pictures and videos of these coping techniques. Please, if you're going to plunge your face into a bowl of ice water, please send us a video. Post that on TikTok. I really, really want to see that. And if you're gonna, you know, lay in the fetal position and hyperventilate, I kind of want to see that too, if it has to do with Republicans winning the election. Limit your scrolling, they say. Consider plotting out specific times when you will look for election updates. They just don't want people to see that Republicans won here. And then we have CNN, who straight up told people not to look at social media. Social media, by the way, tonight was the first place that you could see or that you can see any incoming results. The cable news channels and the legacy media outlets, the print outlets, or behind the information that you can see even scrolling through twitter but this is what cnn told voters
0: man, we're
1: keeping an eye on that one that's good but you see that's our first votes and that's the wonder of democracy whether you're a democrat or republican and i wanted to point that out to be a little bit of the crank in the room following brianna there stay off social media people if you're trying to figure out if you're trying to figure out are there really issues with voting trust your local officials trust us here trust a news source that you know and trust, to be honest about this, they're doing their jobs and they're doing it right. So what was Brianna just talking about? Uh,
0: she was talking about Cobb County, Georgia. That is right up here, just outside of Atlanta. It matters, right? It's 7%.
1: Trust us. Trust CNN. That's the actual funniest thing that I've seen all night. Trust us at CNN. Don't go on social media. Don't be listening to those citizen journalists. Don't be analyzing data yourself. Don't be thinking critically. Just rely on CNN, a bastion of truth and in. in Oh my goodness, the funniest thing that I've ever heard. The funniest thing that I've heard. Okay, so let's talk about DeSantis for a second because we can talk about how exciting it is that he won by such an enormous margin. It is exciting, but what's perhaps more interesting to me is why he won by this margin compared to the very small margin that he won by in 2018. You'll remember, journey back with me. You'll remember in 2018, I've been talking about this for years, by the way, so maybe you've heard me break this down before. But in 2018, the reason Ron DeSantis won was because his opponent, Andrew Gillum, was trying to shut down the charter school program in the state of Florida. He called the charter schools siphons on the public school system. And Ron DeSantis came in, and this was this was the very beginning of the fight for educational freedom, before critical race theory, before queer theory in schools, before no, no parental notification of, um, of transitions stuff like that. Before all of that, school choice was about getting the best opportunity for the highest quality education for your child, not based on your zip code. And Ron DeSantis said, no, I stand with, I stand with parents. I want parents to be able to make these decisions. And he won by 30,000 votes um, or 32,000 votes because 30,000 school choice moms, these were black women in the state of Florida who were registered Democrats who switched, who switched their vote to vote for a Republican governor who was promising to protect the programs that they had chosen for their children. We've talked about that before, but that's very interesting because that otherwise, the, the, the vote split between Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum in 2018 was very much along party lines, except for school choice. So what did Ron DeSantis do after that happened? Well, after that happened, COVID happened. After that happened, transgenderism, the transgender ideology. It became evident that this had infiltrated schools. Critical race theory was also in schools. And these issues are what I would call uh, the based issues, meaning Republicans and conservatives really set themselves apart if they take the proper, logical, sometimes very unpopular view, or at least unpopular with the public health officials and the CNN pundits and the Democrats um, on these issues. So, for example, critical race theory in school, Ron DeSantis got rid of that. Not only did he get rid of critical race theory in schools in Florida, he mandated that communism be taught in the historical sense, meaning that communism is evil. So school children in the state of Florida are now, not only are they not taught critical race theory, they are taught that communism is bad and evil and they're taught why and what happens as a result of communism. the same with the same with the quote unquote don't say gay bill, the parental rights and education bill that Ron DeSantis signed into law. This was never don't say gay. This was simply mandating that kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and third graders aren't told that they can be a boy if they want to be a boy or a girl if they want to be a girl, and that parents aren't shut out of children transitioning at school, meaning that parents are allowed to see the medical records of their children at school. And then we have Disney, what Ron DeSantis did with with Disney's special status, their special corporation status, which even some Republicans to this day misunderstand what DeSantis did. He didn't target Disney's free speech. He simply rescinded a special privilege extended only to Disney, not to other corporations, only to Disney that was given to Disney when Disney was in the best interest of the state that DeSantis said, well, if you're going to add a queerness agenda to your programming, you are no longer in the best interest of the state. Therefore, you no longer qualify for this special status. And then of course, the vaccine mandates that DeSantis refused to take part in, the lockdown, um, the devastating lockdowns that DeSantis refused to take part in. He, the reason I find his margin of victory above 15 points so interesting is because we can identify exactly why DeSantis won in 2018, those school choice moms. But he's increased his margin, not by being a centrist, not by trying to be bipartisan, not by being weak on social issues and kind of avoiding the uncomfortable culture wars, but actually the opposite. Ron DeSantis increased his margin of victory to historic levels because he was based on all of these things, schools and Disney and vaccines and lockdowns. And he proudly claims that Florida is the anti-woke state. Miami-Dade County, DeSantis lost by 20 points in 2018. I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk to you about Upside. Upside is a new app that I've been using that I love. I think you'll love it too because we're all cringing when we fill up our gas tanks at the pump. It's so expensive. Or we go to our favorite restaurants and we get this an eye-popping check or go to the grocery store and our food is priced at an exorbitant price. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. It really hurts. That's exactly why I started using this app, Upside, Upside is an incredible app for anyone who does any of these things, whether you buy gas or groceries or dine out. You do all of those things. This app is for you. With every purchase, I'm actually earning cash back thanks to Upside. And believe me, it's not too good to be true. Like It sounds like I've tried it. It works. I recommend it. To get started, all you have to do is download the free Upside app. Um, And I have a good deal for you. If you use my promo code, Liz5, then you can get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Here's how it works. Um, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. The way that that happens is you check in at the business, then you pay as usual with a credit card or a debit card, and then you get paid through Upside. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. They're upside users are earning over a million dollars every week. So to start, download the free Upside app and use promo code Liz to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Liz5. But first, download the free Upside app. Okay, so Miami-Dade County is really interesting in Florida. It hasn't been won by a Republican since Jeb Bush. Yes, Jeb Bush, by a governor, I should say. Um, Since Jeb Bush back in 2002, DeSantis lost Miami-Dade County by 20 points in 2018. And Miami-Dade County is unique because it has a very heavily uh, Latino-Hispanic population. But DeSantis crushed it in Miami-Dade County. So did Rubio, actually. Senator Marco Rubio, who likewise won won re-election in Florida. He crushed it in Miami-Dade County. And the Democrats were so shocked by this, so thrown off that on MSNBC, this is how Joy Reid, well, tried to lie about it actually. The, the challenge is Miami-Dade has been trending Republican for a really long time. It's been slowly slipping toward the Republican Party. Haha, ha, How is that? That is just straight up false. Straight up false. Again, DeSantis lost by 20 points in 2018 in Miami-Dade County, and the last Republican governor to win Miami-Dade County was Jeb Bush in 2002 that's not exactly what I would describe as trending Republican. No, no. What Joy Reid wants is to ignore a really important thing that DeSantis did this term. Last term, he sought out the vote of school choice moms. This term, he sought out the vote of the Latino population in Florida, the Latino population that tended, except for the older generation, that tended to vote a little more Democratic than Republican. But listen to these exit polls among Latinos in Florida. We're gonna talk about, in 2020, 53% of Latinos voted for Biden and 46% voted for Trump. Fast forward two years. In 2022, 56% voted for DeSantis and 43% voted for Charlie Crist. That is a 10-point switch. 53% 53% in Biden or 53% for Biden in 2020, 56% for DeSantis in 2022, 46% for Trump in 2020, 43% for Crist in 2022. That's incredible. That's like earth-shattering. And in such a short time. Why is this? And what what's actually funny before we get into the why it is or why this happened, Jen Psaki sent out what I find to be an extremely insulting tweet that's kind of funny because the Democrats are trying so hard to explain away why Republicans have won Latino votes. And this is what Jen Psaki said. The Latino vote is not the same everywhere. There are huge generational differences and in Florida population of older voters, most likely Republicans, much larger than younger, socialism does not play there. And there's a massive disinformation problem in Spanish language media. Oh, that's the problem. Disinformation in Spanish language media. Hmm. Well, Jen Psaki, what might be a good solution to that? Oh, I know. Maybe a Democrat administration should weaponize the Department of Homeland Security to target disinformation. Maybe only you as the Democrat spokesperson should be allowed to talk to Latino voters. Is that the way it should work? The problem, besides it being insulting, like Latino voters can't think for themselves, the problem with that is um, twofold. The problem with that is that if you look at um, Osceola Co- County, which is South Orlando, so not as well known as Miami-Dade as being you know, such a large county, the population of Latinos in that county also voted for DeSantis, but the population there it's actually the only county in the US, in the in the US mainland that has a plurality of Puerto Ricans. And they voted likewise for both DeSantis and Rubio. So Jensaki says that all Latinos aren't the same. Sure, no one is saying that they are. But there is truth to the fact that when Republicans appeal to Latinos about Latinos about Issues that they care about, which are the same issues that, that I care about, which is parental rights, which is not wanting critical race theory indoctrinated into our children, not wanting queer theory indoctrinated into our children, not wanting woke wokeness pervading our corporations, not wanting vaccine mandates and lockdowns. These are, these are, unless you're very far left or so wealthy that you can buy your way out of it, these are fairly universal things that the, that voters hate that the Democrats have imposed on us. But Jen Psaki wants to dismiss the voters in Florida as being the Latino voters in Florida as being an aberration. So that's that's DeSantis. Th- th- this is why I think Desantis's victory is monumental. Because it wasn't a little bit, sure, he's an incumbent, it's easier for him to get reelected. After he spent four years being based on really hot button issues after he took a drubbing from the mainstream media, every time on every one of these issues, vaccines, lockdowns, masks, on critical race theory, Disney, transgenderism in schools, every single one of these one of these issues, the mainstream media Democrats painted DeSantis, what do they call him, DeSatan? Something terrible. But he increased his margin by a crazy amount because he was based and because he appealed to Latino voters on these issues. That is an incredible lesson for the Republican Party and Republican candidates all over the country. An incredible lesson. Also, some funny statistics from tonight. Marco Rubio defeated Val Demings. Val Demings, do you know how much money that woman spent on this race? She raised $73 million for that race. Think about that. It's like if you put a giant pile of cash, like I can't even picture how tall that would be, and just burned it. It's gone. She lost. The same thing happened to (laughs) Beto O'Rourke is gone. He's gone for good. Finally, he defeated Greg Abbott. But the amount of money that he spent trying to defeat first Ted Cruz for the Senate and now Greg Abbott, it's it's actually unimaginable to me how much money that is. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Beam Organics Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, it can cause mood issues, it can cause poor mental health or lower productivity? And if you sleep less than six or seven hours per night, it can be linked to reduced white blood cell count, which is not good. Not many people realize this, but having a consistent nighttime routine is important, not just for how you feel, but for your body's overall health and well-being. That's why I want to introduce you to Beam Dream. Beam is the world's most innovative functional wellness brand with unique products for everything from sleep to recovery. And today I got a special deal for you for Beam's sleep product. It's called Dream Powder. It's their best selling healthy hot cocoa. It contains natural sleep promoting premium ingredients. It's triple lab tested, no THC. And you wake up refreshed. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream and 99% of people experience better sleep quality. All you do is you just mix Beam Dream into hot water and milk, stir and enjoy it 30 minutes before bedtime. Um, If you don't love it, you can get your money back guaranteed, but I think you will love it. For a limited time, you can get $20 off when you go to beamorganics.com slash Liz if you use my promo code Liz at checkout. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash Liz and use code Liz for $20 off at checkout. Okay, so Val Demings raised $73 million, basically just burned it um, trying to defeat Rubio because Rubio won. But Beto O'Rourke lost again. Beto O'Rourke, it, what a joke! This guy's. I was born to run. Beto O'Rourke tells us, "Bye, bye, Beto." And that's, that's not even his name. What is it? What is his name? Robert Francis O'Rourke. Okay, guy. See you later. See you later. I have. He's the he's the candidate that lost tonight. That I'm the second happiest that he lost. Beto O'Rourke is such a joke. He raised $80 million in his fight or in his campaign to unseat Senator Ted Cruz, and he lost $80 million. Like, how do you even fathom that? How do you even picture that? In this race against Abbott, he raised $60 million. That's more money than most people can even dream of in 10 lifetimes, 10 lifetimes. And he just, he just wasted it. The question is, are Democrats going to be stupid enough to allow him to run again? Do they actually think he has a chance? Because I don't think people were even excited about him this time, even Democrats. I think it's an interesting question because a couple of the candidates that the Democrats were teeing up to be their next generation candidates, Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams lost. Stacey Abrams is the person I am the happiest she lost. If ever there was a political candidate. Who is was the definition of not just a bad politician, but a bad person, Stacey Abrams fits that bill. She is a bad, bad person. I am delighted that she lost. She should not be within a hundred yards of even a grain of power. All she does is inflict harm on other people and she lies about it. She's a bad, bad person. And if her loss tonight can be distilled into one photo, it's this photo. Look at the harm she's inflicting on these poor little kids But she herself sitting there grinning, using them as props, thinking it will help her get votes, which also shows just how out of touch she is. This is why she lost. Because she is a bad, bad person. Her her pack, Abrams' pack, raised $105 million. Yeah, try to picture that in your mind. But the interesting part is reportedly three quarters of that amount, $75 million, came from out of state, not from the state of Georgia which means it's not Georgia voters that wanted Stacey Abrams, which they made clear tonight. Thank you, Georgia. It's radical leftists from other places in the country. But nope, Stacey Abrams is gone. I actually thought the Democrats were trying to perhaps groom Stacey Abrams to run for president in 2024. And I can't imagine that they could possibly justify doing that now that she has lost to Brian Kemp, who is not exactly, with all due respect, he's not exactly this exciting Republican candidate or this exciting Republican governor, and Stacey Abrams can't even beat him. Well, ha 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 for Stacey Abrams. Um, We also saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders win the governorship of Alabama. We saw Rand Paul win his re-election. Both of those were expected, but I was very, very happy to see Rand Paul win re-election. Especially when he tweeted that when he comes back to the Senate as chairman, he will be conducting oversight hearings, and his target is Dr. Fauci. Cannot wait. That is why the people of Kentucky vote for Rand Paul. Anna Paulina Luna won in Florida as well, um, which is exciting. I mean, she's a young, she's a young conservative. She used to work for Turning Point USA, and she ran a campaign for the first time. You know, something like eighty percent of of the time, first-time political candidates lose, even when they go on to be successful. So first-time win is quite quite impressive. J.D. Vance in my home state of Ohio defeats Tim Ryan. This was one of the races that I was talking about with you yesterday that I was so excited to see how this plays out because it's the new right versus the new left. And J.D. Vance, man, that was close. I did not know how that one was going to turn out. There was was a time in maybe the eight o'clock hour that I was furiously sending texts with friends like, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. Kind of looking at the... Um, The Cuyahoga County up by Cleveland, Columbus, and then Hamilton County down by Cincinnati, looking at those are kind of the three key places. And I didn't think he was gonna be able to pull it off, but he will. So it'll be really interesting to see what kind of Senator J.D. Vance is if he if he uh, sticks to his principles. I think he will. I hope he will. We certainly will will encourage him to do so as voters. Lee Zeldin unfortunately lost to Kathy Hochul in New York. He lost by 11, 55% to Hochul, 44% to Lee Zeldin. Here's the thing. I thought that's what would happen. I didn't realistically think that Lee Zeldin would pull this off. There's a phrase that I hate when other people say, I hate it. And I'm gonna say it now because even though I hate it, sometimes it's kind of apropos. And that is, even though he lost, it was a moral victory. Don't you just hate that? I hate it, but it, it is kind of true here. It really is kind of true here because who would have guessed a year ago that Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, a Democrat governor of New York, would come close to losing, have a real legitimate challenger from kind of an upstart Republican congressman. I would never have guessed that Lee Zeldin would run the campaign that he did, that he would make it so expertly about crime in New York and expose Hochul for who she is. I'm disappointed that she's still the governor of New York, but it is New York. Like, it's a very radically left state, especially New York City. And to have Lee Zeldin come that close is, um, I would say, well done, very well done on Lee Zeldin's part, although, of course, disappointing. Also disappointing in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano lost the governor race in Pennsylvania to Josh Shapiro. Josh Shapiro, is, he's a bad dude. He's a radical leftist. It doesn't surprise me that Doug Mastriano lost. I know there's a lot of talk about, oh, Trump endorsed him, or, or what does this mean about the power of Trump's endorsement? I don't really think that it has anything to do with it. I know, I know any critics of Trump want to say that he should have a perfect record for his endorsed candidates winning, but, I mean, that's not really very realistic, right? Some candidates are going to lose, so... I don't know that there's anything larger to read into that. Some of the other um, races, AOC and Ilhan Omar won their re-election bids. They were expected to. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, won her re-election bid. Remember, the Democrats tried to disqualify her from even being allowed to run for re-election. So a little bit of an extra sweet victory for her. Jim Jordan got re-elected to the House. Governor Mike DeWine in Ohio, a very, very squishy Republican governor, he got re-elected. I know my parents said that they, you know, plugged their nose. They held their nose to vote for him because he's better than the Democrat, but not really, not really their favorite candidate. A candidate I'm excited about is um, Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, won the Senate race. So he will now be the Senator from the state of Missouri. He's great, especially on big tech. I have high hopes for this dude. I never, I never put any politician on a pedestal. I'm always a little cynical about politicians, but that's a win that I'm excited about. I'm excited to see what he'll do in um, the United States Senate in, in North Carolina, the Republican won there too, that's huge. Republican Senator Ted Budd, um, another, chalk it up another one. We haven't seen results yet. As I said, this is kind of the middle of the night here. <laughs> um, we have a lot of results. We haven't seen results yet in Pennsylvania. We haven't seen results yet in either of the two Arizona races um, for a couple of reasons. It is interesting, isn't it? How uh, Florida can completely count the votes to the point that they can predict a victory for one candidate or another within an hour of an election closing, of the polls closing, in in a very speedy manner, but Pennsylvania and Arizona apparently can't and don't even try to do this. Makes you question, makes you question what the motivation is behind, because Florida has not always administered their elections well. I mean, think about the 2000 election, right? That Bush versus Gore. I mean, they haven't exactly been the bastion of a good example of how to run elections until they decided to reform it, thanks to the DeSantis. So in, in Arizona, um, some shenanigans, I mean, this is shady stuff, right? People are already on the verge in our country of not trusting our election system, which would cause our, the entire structure of our self-governance to topple. This is this is really dangerous stuff. The, Demo- or the Democrats always pretend that us taking part in our constitutional republic, Republicans voting is a threat to democracy. Democracy is on the ballot. And what they mean is if people actually exercise democracy by going to vote and they don't vote for Democrats, that they're threatening, quote-unquote, democracy. It's so bananas. But in Arizona, in Maricopa County, 20% of the voting machines were just out. They weren't working. There was 20%, one out of every five, in the swing county, Maricopa County, um, and Republicans requested that the voting time be extended to 10 p.m. instead of the polls closing at 7 p.m. to give voters who were disenfranchised by the voting machines not working a chance to cast their ballot and the judge refused to grant that extension for voting time. So that's very disappointing. Similarly, a judge in Pennsylvania ruled that mail-in ballots can be counted as late as November 14th. That's like not even close to right now. That's far in the future. Why are they unable to count these ballots today? so that we can have a result tonight. It wasn't just Maricopa County, Arizona, where voting machines were down. There were voting machines down also in New Jersey and Mercer County, in Harris County, Texas, there were voting machines down. In um, in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, they ran out of paper. See, that's actually one of the problems with um, same-day voter registration is you can't predict how many voters might come in and vote if you allow people not to give you notice beforehand that they are eligible to vote in that in that precinct. That's one of the um, process problems with, with same-day voter registration. I, there, we will talk more. We will talk more in the coming days about the election shenanigans once we see more information, once we dig into this. this is This is the very beginning. This is just touching on what we saw today, but this is the very beginning. Because the difference between what happened in 2020 and what will happen in 2022 is the Democrats aren't going to stop trying to rig elections or stop trying to cheat. By the way, YouTube's probably going to bleep this out. I don't care. If you want to watch the full, if you want to watch the full thing, then you can go over to Rumble because this needs to be said. I'll give you a chance to open up Rumble while I take a drink of water. They say when you're in Florida, you know you might as well like do do as Marco Rubio does, right? So um, you can cut that out if it's a songbird <laughs> as Marco Rubio was doing that. But um, we're going to be following this over the next couple of days as we watch this unfold. But the difference between 2020 and how Democrats electioneered 2020 and 2022, right now, these midterms, is that we were caught unawares as Republicans. We weren't fully knowledgeable about what the Democrats were doing to electioneer. We didn't see it until it was too late. So everyone kind of had this gut reaction after the presidential election in 2022, like, wow, something was wrong. Something was really off. It must've been Democrats cheating. But at first people had a hard time pulling that tangible evidence and saying, we have this gut feeling that something's off and here's the reason why. And so a lot of people just went, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that there's something wrong. Even Trump did that. And that doesn't hold up in court. You have to have proof in court. And it took a long time for us to recognize exactly what the Democrats did and how they did it. So whether this was universal mail-in ballots, whether this was unmanned drop boxes, whether this was um, signature, the, the degradation of signature verification, whether this was mail-in ballots that were counted late, whether it was counting that was stopped, whether it was poll workers, poll watchers, I should say, that weren't allowed to watch the proceedings, all of these different things, the procedures that were changed on a state-by-state basis by people who didn't have the authority to do so, we didn't see that coming. Maybe maybe you did, maybe I did a little bit, but to the extent that the Democrats electioneered, none of us saw it coming. We know what we're looking for in this election, so they're not going to get away with anything. We will uncover it, we will see it, we will expose it, we will hold them accountable. So stay tuned over the next couple of days as we analyze exactly what went wrong in these elections and hold them to account. That's essentially what I have for you tonight. That's my analysis as these these results are pouring in. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in your take. Do you believe that this is a red wave? I personally don't think we can tell if it's a full red wave until we get the final count for the House and Senate. So I will be back with more content tomorrow, later today, actually, <laughs> by the time you're watching this later today, I'll be back with more content. We will analyze this further. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.
0: With Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.